The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Diamondback Covers, the absolute best cover you could ever spend your money on. If you need an insurance policy for all the expensive gear on the back of your truck, then you need a Diamondback cover. Make the bed of your truck a vault with Diamondback. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah, you want it? Welcome back to the Redneck Tech Podcast. This is going to be episode number 88. And yes, we are filming this one. And uh, Ryer, explain to them how we redneck engineered how we're routing this audio to that camera because we are not doing it the correct way. We have redneck engineered this. Yeah, there's a right way to do it. We don't know what the right way is. <laughs> <laughs> there, if you could see over there, uh, yeah, both look. of the camera operators are sitting here, so we can't move that, uh, <laughs> obviously. But over there is a mess of cables. Yeah. Just every a, cable in this office. Every cable of in cable. this office. And we sat here for maybe 30 minutes trying to figure out how to get a output from the mixing board directly into the camera. It's a super productive day so far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at Subway. Uh, you did film a live cast this morning. But I've got 40 seconds into that edit today. So I've gone <laughs> 40 <laughs> seconds into the edit. So super yeah, productive day. Not been super productive, but we tried. Yeah. We figured out all the cables that we have. None of them are, yeah. no combination of cables will get us to where we want to go. It, it'll get well, halfway. Okay. It'll, yeah, we're halfway. We're but halfway is a great way to put it. The way that we figured this out to do, and we think this is going to work. Yeah, we don't we know. You might you might not see this video. This it might not, not ever work. make the light of day. So uh, basically, we've got a headphone output going to a stereo splitter, which is going back from a stereo splitter into a three point five millimeter jack. This is the transmitter for a lav mic that we use hunting, and we've got this sent to the receiver on the camera, which and, is then routed into. And if the you camera. heard any bad audio just there, it's because we were touching things. So I did it again. We're not going to fix it, and we, we're not going to we start just, over. Yeah. We just started this over because I actually handled the mic for about thirty seconds before, and then realized that was and bad. And he did it again. Yeah. So, but we're not starting over. We're going to keep rolling. Um, on this episode, this is number eighty-eight, and I thought this would be a perfect time since. A lot of turkey seasons are open, and a lot of them are about to open. And I feel like I need to look at that camera. I'm not doing that. I'm not looking at that camera. I'm looking at you. I I have a. I feel like I need to be looking at audio. Oh, <laughs> this is this really. Yeah, this is awkward. Um. Anyway, so. What if yeah, you just stared at the camera? I'm not even gonna look up. Just, I'm just gonna stare at this board the whole time. The whole time. Um. So we thought we'd done a. I did a turkey. Um. How to film turkey hunts. I think I looked back at it and it was like episode 30 or 40 or something. So it's been, you know, it's a long time ago. And uh, I just got back from Florida and just worked on some of the edit that we just did uh, on that shoot this morning. So this will be really relevant for a lot of guys that follow along because we've got a small group of guys that are pretty loyal and follow everything that we do. So this will make a lot of sense to them. But anyway, I wanted to do, instead of calling it the turkey deep dive I named it how to set up for filming turkeys because and you notice in that title I didn't say how to film to kill turkeys how to set up to film turkeys all right because we're going to go right back to that whole thing that we've been preaching on the last two podcasts of 
making that commitment to not just film a kill and not just hope you get a kill and get the best job you can, but we are, we are going to make the conscious effort to do the best job of production that we possibly can. And uh, so we have committed to that. We're committing to the act of everything we do in terms of this hunt is going to be based solely around how can we get the absolute best video, how can we tell the best story possible. So that is how we're approaching this. If that's not you, completely understand. If you're out there getting what you can get with the equipment that you can get and you're just trying to learn and make mistakes, I get it. That's where most people start. That's where I started. Um, but if you're to the place to where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with my camera. I want to figure out how to get the best footage I can possibly get. I'm going to try and line that out for you right here. Um, Ryer is still fairly new to turkey hunting, much less turkey filming. So this is going to be good for him to be able to ask questions and maybe even frame this up a little bit better than me if I, if I, if I glaze over something that needs to be you know dove into a little bit more. So we've made that we've made that decision that the production is going to be the most important thing. The next, I have a question about okay, that. Go ahead. Would you say between filming, and I don't know if it's just because of the time of year, but you seem to be stressing production over the hunt more, um, not more, but like really making a point to talk about that in regards to turkey hunting is is turkey hunting such that it is easier to get swept up in it and not put the filming before the hunting or yes. is filming turkeys harder than filming let's say deer so it it's just you have to put more effort into actually filming them that's a really good question and i think the best way to answer it maybe would be to kind of highlight the differences in probably the two biggest things people are going to run out there and film are whitetails and turkeys mm-hmm. and the biggest difference is whitetails you're going to be stationary almost all the time you're going to be in a tree stand you're going to be in a ground blind mm-hmm. and deer big you're usually not going to have the foliage you're not going to have the calling the interaction you're not going to have all the things that you're going to have with turkeys right so and you and you generally for the most part hunt them two different ways but we're going to get into a way mm-hmm. that you do them the same way and that's part of the part of what I'm going to get into but I think the reason I stress that is because getting a really good turkey kill is takes patience it takes planning and it's getting a good deer kill a whitetail kill is really really tough too if you're putting production first but um i would venture to say i don't know i don't know which one would be harder to me the white the the turkey is more fun Mm -hmm. um just because you can because they're so much more vocal they're so much more interactive um you can be a little more creative i think with turkeys just because you are on the ground all the time. You don't hunt turkeys from an elevated position. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's part of it. But, um, I think, I think maybe that question will make sense as we get into this a little bit Mm -hmm. more, but, um, the first thing, and I'm looking at my notes since you guys are, if you, you are watching this, you took a um, lot of notes. I did take a lot That's of notes. That's a lot of notes. I just had to scroll seven times <laughs> to get through all these hey, notes. I am serious about these podcasts, man. I'm really like, 
Actually, I don't take notes a lot like you do. Look, when you look do. at how many notes we have, guys. Yeah. You can't. Th- look, this is these are all the notes. It stops. Not yet. <laughs> it's still going. It hasn't stopped yet. Right there. That's all the notes. We've got <laughs> nine main topics. One of them has 16 subtopics. The other one is 13, 13. <laughs> oh, we've got this one has 13 subtopics, but there's also... <laughs> More subtopics on each one of those. <laughs> that is a lot of notes. I don't think I've seen this many, many notes? notes for for. I really enjoy filming turkeys. Uh, yeah, you've got a lot of opinions on it. Um, I I do. Okay, and that's and that's a really good point. <clears throat> this is we're talking about filming turkeys with bows, right? No, <laughs> well, you we will, but that's going to be a small because that's your favorite. No, okay. So, the, <laughs> and the reason the notes are so extensive is because I enjoy this and I'm passionate about it, but. Even more than that, keep in mind when we're talking about this, these are these are how this is the way that I do it. This is the way that I found the best way to do it. And this wasn't invented by me. This is how turkeys have been filmed since the beginning of time from guys that know what they're doing. Um but I, I you know, I try and put my own twist on things. I try and be creative when I'm doing them. But don't take this as the gospel, but take this as the way that I film turkeys to try and get the best results I possibly can. So the first things first is the pre-planning, which should be your first thing on anything you're going to film. And when I'm talking about pre-planning, I'm going to talk about, you know, uh, do we know where we're hunting? So is it, uh, uh, you know, when I ask that question, is it, is this going to be public land where we get out of the truck and we start walking and calling? Is this going to be a private place where we know the turkeys are? Is this going to be a big ranch where we're going to drive around until we find them? You know, it, you know that needs to be in the front forefront of your mind because that's going to be part of your planning. Uh, has anybody done any scouting? Uh, do we have trail cameras up? Have we roosted birds? Um, are we going to be hunting against other people? That's a big one. If you're and that, that that happens a lot in, in elk woods on public land. Like, our, if you're hunting public land, you're probably going to be hunting against some other people. If you're hunting a big piece of private and you've got other buddies there in other groups, there could be other people hunting. So you have to, you have to plan around that. Um, how many guys are hunting in your party? Cause filming, a, uh, filming a turkey hunt changes when you've got two guys, like a, a hunter and a cameraman versus I've filmed a turkey kill. It was seven or nine guys. I can't remember. It was a bunch. Um, I'm pretty sure it was seven. And that was at Lee and Tiffany's years ago. But we were like, let's see how many people we can hide and kill a turkey. And we did it. We did it with seven guys. I think it was seven. Um, who's shooting? Um, you know, a lot of times there'll be multiple people. We got to determine who's going to be the guy on the gun the first. You know, or, you know, who's going to be the guy on the gun first. That plays into what we're doing. Um, does your shooter know how to run a second angle camera? And I, and I threw that one in there because, and I know he won't listen to this, but Chuck is allergic to cameras. And when I say that, when I'll set up a second angle for Chuck, like I'll set up an Osmo or I'll set up a DSLR as his second angle camera, like our safety camera, like it'll be a GoPro or an Osmo or something looking back at him. Mm-hmm. So we'll get live cutaways, which I'm still going to shoot cutaways, even if right. we kill a turkey. But a lot of times you have to show that person, okay, see that little red button right there? Just when I tell you, just push the little red button. <laughs> that, that one right there. Chuck, I would say in the, 
I don't know how many things I've filmed him shoot or how many situations we've been in where he needed to push that red button. There has never been a time he's pushed that red button and I didn't <laughs> tell him to push the red button. And of the times I've told him to push the red button, I would say less than half of those times it actually gets pushed because he goes into straight kill mode, tunnel vision, and he's allergic to cameras because he doesn't like to touch them. So you need to be able to educate who your hunter is on how to run that second angle camera. By You need to set it up. Don't let them set it up. You set it up and then just say, hey, like on my Osmo, it's a little red record button. Push that button till you feel it click, let it go, and it'll do the rest. And when I tell you, push it again and it'll stop. Does the Osmo have the the one-touch record where it is off, mm-hmm. press record, turns on, yep. records? Yep. Yeah. So it's idiot-proof. Well, yeah, you got to have that turned on. You think. Well, you think it's idiot-proof. Proof. And I've proven that. I've Well, Chuck's proven that too. <laughs> um, so that's you got to make sure they know how to do that, know how to use the camera, and then you have to remind them in the moment of truth to turn it on because they're not going to remember. When a turkey's gobbling coming in, they're never going to remember to turn the little camera on. Now, I, I take that back. People like Chuck, or not people like Chuck, people like Dudley, people like Brian that are really worried about, you know, trying to tell a good story and, you know, do those things, they'll get it every time. Uh, Kip, he, he, you probably wouldn't have to tell Kip. He'd know to do a good job. But He loves just, GoPros. Yeah, exactly. We always have, like, two, three. He has more GoPros than I do. Yeah, so yeah. it's one of those things to where, You've got to remember to tell that person, unless you have some, even if you have somebody that's really good at it, you still need to remind them. And then uh, what's the backup plan? And we're going to get into that in a little bit. So uh, these questions that you're asking, are these just for you to know? These are things or that you need to know. Is because this, it's all are this you is, asking yeah. some of these questions so that you have in the back of your head, okay, these are, I, I kind of already have the situation. Here uh-huh. are the, here's these pieces of dialogue that I need to pull from the hunters. That, like yeah. where we're hunting, who we're hunting against, mm-hmm. public, private. Yeah. What's the plan, all that sort Both. of stuff. It's, it's twofold because you need to know those answers just so you know how to develop the story because mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing if you're hunting and then you find out there's more people hunting against you and they're like, oh, wait, wait. Now I can't do this because there's people over there. All right. But now I need to get that dialogue from my mm-hmm. hunter and be like, hey, there's, there's guys hunting against us over here. What does that mean for us? You know, mm-hmm. what's going on? And get those things. So I think it's a twofold thing. Um, and I think it's really good to just to have that knowledge mm-hmm. because that helps, because that just makes you more confident in what you're doing. I, 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 don't, I don't like the unknown. I don't like going into a situation that where I don't know what's happening, who's there, who's shooting. Instead of like getting out of the truck, like we kind of talked about with contest winners, hunting with contest winners is always a train wreck especially when you're hunting with a group of people because nobody knows what they're doing. You mm-hmm. know, nobody took the time to sit everybody down, say, hey, this is what you're doing. This is your role. You're shooting first. Listen to me. I'm the one calling the shots. You know, if I ever hunt with someone new, I always do that. I always make sure I kind of have that pre-game, pre-hunt meeting with them because I think that's important. So those are kind of the pre-planning things you need that you need to get through. All right, and so the next thing I want to talk about is the different ways – to film a turkey hunt. And then we're going to break down each one of these ways. Um, you can blind hunt them. You can sit in the blind and hunt them. You can deer hunt them, which I'm going to explain all these. You can run and gun. Uh, or you could do what I call the planned setup, which those are, to me, those are the four different ways to hunt turkeys. Um, and I'm not going to go into my favorites. I'm not going to go into any of that. You'll hear all that when I go through and break them down. So the first thing is blind hunting. 
And everybody who knows how to, you know, has ever been hunting knows what hunting out of a blind is. Blind hunting is generally reserved for kids and people hunting with a bow. If you're shotgun hunting out of a blind and you're a grown adult, get out of the blind. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. Nobody wants to watch that. I'm turning it off if I'm watching some a grown man hunt with a shotgun out of a blind. You can get away with murder out of a blind. You can just about do jumping jacks with turkeys in front of you out of a blind. It's unbelievable what you can get away with. Um, the great thing about hunting out of a blind is there's not a whole lot you can do to screw it up. Um, you can get away with a lot of movement. You have a lot more room to bring gear. You have ways to set up, you know, different ways to set up your second angle. Um, you set up on the right-hand side if your shooter's right-handed. You should set up on the left side of the line if your shooter's left-handed. And the reason is, and since we have video to show this, a left-handed shooter, if I'm on his left side, I can see his face when he's drawn back. Right-handed shooter is the same way. If he's drawn back and I'm on his right side, I can see his face. So we're planning ahead for our cutaways. All right? So that's how we set up inside the blind. Now what we want to do is when we have the windows open, if you have a right-handed shooter, you want to shade those decoys under 15, 20 yards just to the left. And the reason is, is when I'm sitting on the right side of a blind, I've got a window. I mean, I'm sitting up against the back, and I've got a window that's going to start like right here. Well, if my decoys are shaded to the right, I'm going to have that window is in my way, or that closed window is going to be in my way. If I shade them to the left, they're wide open, and they help that guy with the right-hand shooter because that's on that's directly in front of him. So that way I have pre-roll of turkeys coming into decoys from either direction. But if we shade them to the right, I'll have plenty of pre-roll if they come from the left, but if they come from the right, they're going to be on top of the decoys before I ever see them in the camera because that camera is going to be set up on my right side. That's just how cameras are with their monitors are on their left. So you're going to set them up on your right side. So you want to shade those decoys a little bit to the left if you're set up on the right side. If you're set up on the left side, you want to shade them just to the right so they're center of your frame and you can get lead, you know, pre-roll them coming in, pre-roll them coming in from either side. That's, I mean, that's pretty much common sense, but I wanted to kind of highlight that. Um, you set up your sef- second angle camera, communicate, execute. To me, this is by far the easiest way to film a turkey hunt is out of a blind. It is super, super easy. It's also boring. It's not near as exciting to me as being out of the blind. So the next way to hunt is deer hunting them. And when I say deer hunting them, you think of, what do you think of deer hunting? You go to one spot, you sit down, you get hid, you get still, and you sit there until something shows up. That's deer hunting them. You're not mobile, you're not moving. You have a controlled environment to where you know turkeys have been in this particular field every day. So we go in, we brush in a small little area to where we can get hid and get away with some you know minor movements. As a cameraman, I'm going to be set up if I have a right-handed shooter over the right shoulder, a left-handed shooter over the left shoulder, four to eight feet, depending on, you know, the terrain that we're working with, behind them, just offset over their shoulder. So if you're my hunter and you're pointing that direction, I'm not going to be just this much. I'm going to be, you know, here looking that direction. You know, I want to look over your shoulder, and I'm going to be about a foot or two higher than you when you're sitting down. That way I can look right down your gum barrel, right over your shoulder, right over that right ear, down your gun to the decoys. I want to set those decoys 
justified just down that gum barrel to where you're in frame and the turkeys are in frame. So I'm going to set that all up because we're going to be sitting here all day. And if these turkeys come in, I want them right there. That's where I want them to be. So I'm going to set up my situation for them to be right there. I'm also close enough to where I can communicate, but this is also where those lav mics come in so big. And then wireless mics, lav mics, whatever. That way you as the hunter can communicate back to me if you see something, hear something, because I've got earbuds in. I tell guys that all the time. Like I'll hear something like a turkey gobble through my shotgun mic. Well, my shotgun's usually my left ear. And when I hear a turkey gobble through my shotgun mic, I have no, first of all, I don't really have much depth perception, and I don't know which direction it came from. I'll be like, hey, I heard, heard the turkey gobble, but I don't know where it is. Tell me where it is. Hey, he's like, he's at 10 o'clock, and he sounds like he's three or 400 yards away. Okay, now I know to look this direction and be ready in this direction. Okay, and then using that as communication, um, and you're going to just sit there hanging out, watching that spot and don't ever set your decoys up further than 20 yards. I like, honestly, I like decoys in ten, at 10 yards. A lot of people, Chuck hates it. Chuck says it's too close because your pattern's so short, so small on your shotgun. We'll just shoot better then. Um, that's my thing. It's like, if I've got to sit here on the camera with them that close and do my job, make a good shot. You know, it's a freaking Turkey and you have a shotgun. Quit making excuses. I like to set them up between 15 and 10 because it looks better, and that's what we're here for, is for it to look better. It usually makes it for a more intense hunt. You get better emotions out of your hunter. Everything's better. Is it a little bit tougher? Yeah. But like I said, shoot better. Quit being a sissy. Communicate, execute. Um, this is a great time for you to set up a cool second angle for your hunter. Uh, you have time to do this. You're usually doing these things before dark or before daylight. Um, so you have plenty of time to set those things up and make them look nice and pretty. What's the coolest second angle you've had on a turkey hunt? Like lots out of the of, box kind of second angle for something where you were set up like that? Lots of times it's in the decoys. You yeah. set up and have the turkeys in the decoys. I don't do that a whole lot because I don't like going out in the field, even in the dark because, you know, they can see you. Mm -hmm. But certain situations, if you can get them out there in the decoys, it's really cool. The other is just anything I can get to where I can really feel like I'm in that hunter's head somehow, where I can see their face, see their eyes, see their hands, see their movements, see their... You know, the slight head turns when turkeys are moving. Anything like that that's going to be a, what, I, what I call a live cut camera or a uh, safety camera to where if on the big camera I'm out of focus or something needs to be cut out, I've got that, that angle to cut to. Um, I think that's, that, that's one of the ways that you can get creative. And your safety angle is not a wide looking out at the turkey safety angle mm -mm. it's a it's generally looking, looking back, back at the yeah, hunter safety most angle. of the time unless i unless that's you, like the two different i mean some yeah. some when you say safety angle sometimes that means like you're just wide on the whole scene and i think you can do that i think you can be wide like maybe even if you're sitting up against a tree and you can get a big you know high angle on the tree behind you maybe even seeing you as the producer and your hunter or if you're self-filming that'd be a cool way to do it um, I think that's the way that you get creative is using that second angle to be that safety, be that cut to shot, be that live cutaway that lets you show something that maybe be a different perspective. You know, I think that's a, a good way of trying to dis or to try and separate what you're doing from maybe something somebody else is doing. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of guys like Lee Lukoski used to carry three or four different second angle cameras like that. And he'd put them in all kinds of different places. Sometimes you got really cool stuff. Sometimes you didn't get nothing. 
So that's just another way to do it. Uh, the next way is the running gun, which is I've done more running gun hunts than I've done anything else. And running gun hunting is the way that most guys that really know how to kill turkeys are going to hunt. They're going to walk into a new property or property they've hunted for a long time. They're going to go to an area that on a map looks like is going to have turkeys. You set up, you don't, you don't even set up in the dark. You wait until birds start chirping. They locate a turkey either by owl hooting or crow calling or something. And then you move to that spot and get as close as you can get without a turkey seeing you set up in the best spot you can. It's an incredibly abbreviated version of deer hunting them because what you do is you get to the best spot you can. You set up extremely quickly over your hunter's shoulder in the best spot you can find. Most of the time, I don't even end up getting to be where I want to be just because there's not a tree to sit next to. There's not a place to sit. Usually, 99 times out of 100, I'm set up under my net or behind my net if I've got good cover behind me and I'm on my knees in my camera because in a running gun situation, they usually are happening pretty fast or you've got to be extremely mobile. If you if you run to that turkey and he ends up being further than you thought and you've got to move again, well, if I spend all this time getting nestled in in this perfect spot and then we got to move again, well, what good was it? So I'll run in to get on my knees set up where I need to be. And if I'm under my net, I'm not worried about having a ton of cover. I mean, I can literally set up in the wide open if I'm under my net. And I have. I've filmed turkeys die, and I'm sitting in the middle of the road with the net thrown over me. As long as you're under that net, you can get away with murder. It's like being in a blind. Should we get the net to show it? Yeah, you can. You can run in there and grab a net. Um, But it's one of those things to where that being having that net and – Knowing your situation and knowing to be able to get up and running run and gun is extremely important. So if you uh, there's there's very rarely long term setups, and I'd say out of the I don't know how many turkeys I've filmed die, not near as many as some of my buddies, but quite a few. Um, here's the here's the netting. Ryer's got it. Here, just get back on your thing and I'll hold it. So this is actually a. Uh, this is actually, as you can tell, it's a, uh, it's actually a ghillie suit. Dang, it stinks. Why does it stink? Golly, it stinks bad. It's brand new. We just took it out of the package because Ryder didn't have one. But anyway, it's a, it's a ghillie that doesn't really have arms, and we just stick our lens through this. And I would put it all the way over me. Essentially, I stick my lens through that. Right here's my lens. And then I throw this over me like this, and I'm running my camera. You know, my camera will be sitting up like this, and I'll be running it from underneath there. Um, is it harder to run that way? Huh? <laughs> is it harder to run like that? Is it harder to run your camera? Yeah, because you, you don't really have peripheral vision, um, and you're completely dependent on your hunter and the people that are hunting with you. But uh, you get under that net, and you can get away with so much, man. The thing with running guns is you're not there very long. Um, if if the turkey needs to be, mo- you got to move up. You literally, I leave my camera, my net over my camera. I pick my whole setup up and we walk, or we move, or we run, or whatever it is. I'll just lock down my tripod head, and I'll just pick it up and walk. That way, when I get there, I just throw the net back over me and I'm ready to go again. By taking, you know, if you take the net completely off your camera, it takes some time to get it back on there and get it right. Once you get it on there right, you don't want to mess with it anymore. 
but that's what the difference between mine. I need to figure out why yours doesn't have a, uh, like a bungee cord. Mine's got like a bungee around it that really kind of keeps mine in the right place. But I don't think I added it. I think it was already on there. But we'll look at it in a little bit. But you can get those on Amazon. Uh, I'll try and put the link in the uh, episode notes, and we'll get this, throw this off the table. Um, you want to be as close to the hunter as you can just for communication. Um, you still want to try and be over their shoulder as you can. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you got to sit right beside them or directly behind them. You just got to lift your tripod legs up and get over their head, which is fine. I filmed them in every different scenario you can think of. Sometimes you can't have a perfect scenario. Uh, you've got you've got to adapt to how the terrain is, how the field is, how the cover is, how the how your hunter wants to set up. And that's another thing I said sometimes I did put in my notes. Most of the time when we get to a spot that we know we're going to set up to kill turkeys, the hunter will look at me and be like, where do you want to go? And I'll be like, okay, we know this is where we're going to be because this is we have to be here. We don't, we don't have the option of setting up where I'd like to set up. So this is going to be someone blowing a horn out there. This is the best. This is the spot the turkey's going to come to. Is it the most ideal spot? Probably not. Is it the best looking spot? Probably not. This is where the turkey's coming. So what do we do? I tell my hunter, okay, where are you going to sit that you feel the most comfortable and sit there? They'll sit where they want to sit and they're going to be the most comfortable. What I do is wherever they set up, I get right behind them down on my knees. Very rarely am I comfortable. (laughs) I'm usually very uncomfortable and I'm never in a spot that I'd like to be. But I have to be close to my hunter in order to communicate, in order to see what he can see, because if I get off to his left or off to his right or too far behind him, there's gonna especially if we're in the timber. Now, if you're in an open field, you can get you can get away with a lot. But I like to hunt turkeys in the timber. So in the timber, this is especially important to be close because if you separate yourself too far in the timber, trees are gonna jack you up because they're gonna be able to see things that you can't. And if you're too far away to communicate, you can't tell them when it's time to shoot them and time to not. That's another thing is you need to be able to communicate in that pre-planning. If you are there to get the best footage you can, you are the one that calls the shot. They don't shoot until you tell them to. And if you watch this this edit that I'm working on that will come out in a week or so, um, I call the shot on both the kills that we have. I tell them to wait, let them do their thing, and then I call the shot on both of them. Which actually you can't tell I call the shot on one of them because it's in high speed, so there's no audio. But... um. Lots of times, a run-and-gun hunt happens really fast. And you've got to put yourself in a position to where you can be as close to over the shoulder as you can get and within communication distance of your hunter. So a lot of times, that is exactly where you end up. And that's most of the times on your knees, under your net. So that's the, that's the, the best. I can, I can really, I can really talk, talk about that one. You need to be talking to your hunter. When they're calling, you need to be getting live calling. You need to get wides. You need to get mediums. You need to get tights. Um, you need to uh, get the second, second angle thing again. Remind them to turn it on It's because they're going to forget when the birds come in. Um, when the birds appear, and, and this goes for all of them, when a bird appears, a turkey appears, and you can get, get him in camera, that's your focus now is you focus on that animal. And this goes for pretty much all filming and hunting. Your focus needs to be on that animal the entire time. 
And when that tur- turkey's way off, you can back out and show your hunter and your turkey in the same frame. Then you get medium, then you get tight, especially if they're working in. If you have time to do this, and a lot of times you're not going to have time to do this. Why medium tight? Why medium tight? Why medium tight? Went over that a million times. All right. Communicate, execute. That's bottom line on all these. It's communicate, execute. Communicate, execute. And the easiest one, make sure the little red light's on. <laughs> because I've been there before is get halfway into a turkey coming in and be completely focused on what I'm doing, look up, and I've not been recording. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> reach up and hit that record button. It's like, well, I'd like to have all the stuff that I thought I was just getting, but uh, as long as I get the kill, I guess we're okay. Um, And the last but not least is the planned setup. And this is kind of a hybrid between uh, deer deer hunting them and uh, I guess a really planned out scouted hunt. So this, you're going to set up just like you did for the deer hunter one, you're going to find nice cover. You're going to set up four to eight feet behind them over the right shoulder. You're going to have a perfect filming setup. You're going to have the decoys in the right place. All that's going to be just perfect. But the only difference is, is this one is going to be the best option for video. It require it requires planning. It requires scouting. It requires knowing what the birds have been doing. So that what we just did, and this, both of these in South Florida that we just did were both planned setups. We went in the evening before season opened, checked trail cameras, knew exactly what turkeys were doing. He had heard them gobble, watched them fly up. We knew where these turkeys were. We went in, found the perfect spot to sit, the perfect spot to film, the perfect plot, spot to put decoys. The next morning we walked in and set up right there. The turkeys did exactly what they were supposed to do, and we executed. Most of the time, planned setups turn into running guns <laughs> real quick when they don't when they don't work out. Um, we went in with a plan, executed the plan, everything worked out perfectly. Doesn't happen that way very often. So that's really the difference is the plan set up is a version of the deer hunter with a lot of knowledge. Um, deer hunter, I would say the deer hunting them is the difference is that is you know, turkey, you know turkeys are coming through this area, you just don't know when. So that's really the difference. I guess those are pretty much the same. But um, that's really the, those are the different, different setups. Um, kind of a, a shot list, uh, and I, I, put a, I put just a rudimentary shot list to get. Like if you get all these shots every time you go out and turkey hunt uh, or, you know, film turkeys, you'll, you'll have the basic building blocks, and then you fill in the, the spaces here with being creative. Is you get a big panning establishing shot. So you know what that is, is, is you you get your setup, you've got your hunter in front of you, you get a big panning shot of the whole woods and the setup, the decoys, your hunter, the sounds of the birds, the sounds of hopefully turkeys gobbling, all those things. You're going to get shots of terrain, you're going to get trees, you're going to get bushes, you're going to get leaves, you're going to get um, the ground, the litter, the all the things that are around you to kind of suck your viewer into the area that you're that you're hunting in. Uh, I like to get shots of the decoys, uh, tights of your hunter, the side of their face when they're sitting down in front of you. I like to get the side of their face when they're in front of me. Um, I like to get them turning back and talking to me about what's going on. I'll be like, hey, hey, talk to me. Tell me what's going on. And literally, it'll be something like their gun's here. They literally turn their head, and they're looking back at me. Hey, we got turkeys gobbling up here. We're blah, blah, blah. Whatever the situation is, I like to get those. Anytime the situation tra- changes, I try and get that. 
Um, I get tights of the weapon, calls, calling, the sun coming up. And these are all things that you can try and get creative on. You know, shallow depth of field, rack focus, you know, movements in your camera. Um, these aren't just standard, make sure we get a shot of the sun, you know, get a shot of the gun. You know, these are the ways that we try and be creative when we're shooting. Um, birds coming in wide, medium, tight, kill, uh, the kill. We want to, the perfect world in the kill is we want to get our hunter and our animal in the same frame. How often does that happen? In turkeys, in the right situation, it can happen a lot, but in the real world, rarely. Um, it's, it's really tough to do that. It's all about the setup um, and the planning that went into it to, to, to get that right. In the kill, we want the animal to take up at least 25% of the frame. You can be tighter than that. I don't like being a ton tighter than that just because if an animal moves after the shot, it's hard to keep them in the frame as they're running off. So you want your animal 25% of the frame. Oh, I hadn't turned you back up yet. Go ahead. You had the child mute on. Sorry. Uh, what lens are you generally running? Are you running your 24 to 105 or are you running your 70 to 200? 24 to 105 or the 70 to 200. On this hunt, I ran the 24 to 105 almost the whole time. I just turned on center scan. 70 to 200 would almost be too long, right? If you're trying to get yeah. the hunter and mm-hmm. the animal. Yep. Because you're just not going to have the room to do that if yep. you're only a couple yards behind your hunter. Yeah, I, I, I ran the 24 to 105 the entire time just because of that. I, I put the 7200 on and looked at it, and it was just too much crop. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't come back without getting up and moving, and I wanted to not lose a motion after the shot. Yeah. Because, you know, if you have to – after the shot, and if I have to switch lenses, you're losing a lot of that really good emotion. So I didn't do that. I ran 24 to 105 on crop. Um, then we want to get our reaction, which I just talked about. You know, as soon as the shot happens and the animal's either down or out of the frame – uh, we come right back to our hunter, and we get the reaction. If you're in high speed, I always tell them to be quiet until I get out of high speed, and then I'll try and get my reaction after that. Um, then we get, once we get to the bird, you know, we try and do that. I normally do recoveries handheld. We'll walk up. Um, and luckily on this one, we had clay. So I had clay wide or, or medium getting both Billy and um, Brian because they were both there. Most of the time, it's just going to be you. You know, so I walk up, uh, you'd walk up, you'd get your hunter picking up the bird, checking the bird out, checking out the spurs, checking out the beard, checking out the fan, all those things. And then you'll get them talking through, you know, whatever that recovery is, you know, whatever kind of dialogue you want. You know, tur- that was awesome. The turkey came in, did everything right. You know, whatever said. And then we want to go back and we want to get tight shots of the spurs, tight shots of the beard, tight shots of the fan. And usually you've got them holding that and showing it to you. You don't just have, a, you know, just a shot. You know, we have them pulling the beard out, you know, checking out the spurs, putting their hand behind it. So you've got the contrast. Uh, you've got them fanning it out and showing you the fan. And don't do these shots medium. Most of the time these shots are super tight with movement. Like, you, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm going from the turkey's head to his fan. You know, I'm sliding down the beard. I'm getting super tight on the spurs to where that's, you know, filling up 50% of the frame. Don't be afraid to get really, really tight with these. And I'm changing my angle. I'm looking down. I'm looking up. I'm looking straight ahead. You know, I'm moving around and, you know, changing my angle all the time. I'm never, it's never, you know, it's never right here the whole time. You know, I'm never filming everything right here. Very rarely am I filming everything right here. That's why that camera and most cameras have top handles and, um, ways to hold the camera and that's why they're the monitors move so you can you can move with them and then 
we get an ending. What is that ending? It can be a big drone shot of the 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 driving off. It can be somebody walking off with a bird. It can be you know it can be a thousand different things. But we have to have something to wrap that all up. And in, and in my notes, I noticed instead of writing conclusion, I write I wrote concussing. How did I screw that up? I meant to say conclusion there. It's um, a large. It's so a large spelling difference. It really is. No, you got you got four letters right. Okay, let's just let's glaze over how bad my spelling is for a second. It might you might have just kind of like been typing really fast and I was I really really was so. Yeah. Um, in conclusion, I want to make sure that you're committing, commit to the good footage, commit to telling a good story. Uh, let your hunter know your expectations. So, and what I mean by that is if we're there to get good footage, you know, I've, <laughs> I did a hunt with Mossberg 2017 in Florida. And we went with a guy that had killed at the time, 37 grand slams. All out. Now you're all out. Well, perfect. We're almost done. Um, this guy killed 37 grand slams. So I'm like, dang, this guy's killed a bunch of turkeys. He's going to know, you know, exactly how to, let them come in, do their thing, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, you know, let me get lots of footage. No. No. As soon as this guy saw that turkey's head, he killed him. No coming to decoys. No putting on a show. He didn't wait on me. He didn't ask me. He just shot him. <laughs> he didn't call to him. He'd sneak in a ditch, sneak up out of the ditch, and kill him. I guess that's how you kill that many. And exactly. Exactly how I he didn't he was a turkey killer, he was not a turkey hunter. So my thing was after we I went down there and I was supposed to be there for Mossberg, I had to pull him aside and be like, Look, dude, we're supposed to be filming this for Mossberg. And if you kill every turkey we're down here to kill off camera, what good did you know why did I come? You know, what was the point of me being here? He said, Man, I'm I'm gonna kill him. I'm like I understand that, but Mossberg is paying for us to create a video for them, and if we don't get footage of turkeys before they're dead, then what? You know, what's the point? So I had to. This is no doubt, no lie. I had to tell him, "All right, don't call until I tell you to call. Set up where I tell you to set up. Call. Stop calling. Call. Stop calling. Do this. Do that." There's the turkey. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. I told him not to shoot for seven solid minutes as this turkey come in. He worked in from about 100 yards was to... Was he arguing with you while you were telling him not to he's shoot? He's losing he just... his mind. In his mic, he's like, can I shoot him? 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 For, so for literally seven minutes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Because he, he had told me before this hunt started... He's like, you can't call to Osceola's. you got to just hunt them. You can't call to them as much. They don't gobble that much. They don't come into decoys. They don't do this, that, and the other. And everything he said they didn't do, he did. Because he listened to me, and I was like, this is what I need. This is the footage I need. It's like, I've done this before. Just trust me. He would call, and the turkey wouldn't gobble, and he would leave. And I'm like, no, dude, now cut. Now cut at the turkey. He's like, get really loud and cut. He's like, oh, man, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. Like, just trust me. He finally did it, and a freaking turkey gobbles 300 yards away. I'm like, okay, let's cut the distance. We got up there, 150 yards. I said, call again. Called, didn't answer. I said, cut at him again. He's like, blah, 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 blah. He cuts <laughs> at him, turkey gobbles. 
And we move up again. Get to the spot, sit down. I'm like, you sit there. I'm going to sit here. I was like, call that turkey. He calls. And I was like, get aggressive with him. Call again. I blah, 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 blah. He said, call him too much calling, too much calling. I'm like, call the turkey. He freaking calls the turkey, turkey gobbles. I was like, hammer him. I was like, stay on him, freaking hammer him. He's like, turkey's gobbling his head off. And I was like, okay, shut up. Stop talking. Stop calling. Completely silent. And what does that turkey do? He keeps gobbling, looking for us. And what, in 30 seconds, here that turkey come over the hill, coming to us. I'm like, is that somebody at the door? Oh, anyway. It's the ghosts. He started coming. Turkey comes from 100 yards to 15. And this dude's wanted to shoot him for 60 yards. And he's coming, he's coming, he's coming like, nope, 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 nope. And it finally gets to where I'm like, okay, I've got enough footage. And I literally get the word to say kill him out of my mouth. And he dumps this turkey. And he, it might have just been coincidence he was just going to shoot him and not wait on me. But he kills this turkey and he, like, I look over at him. And this guy's, you know, in his 50s. He looked like he had had a heart attack. He's laying over there holding his chest like, I didn't think we were going to do it. I didn't think we were going to. And I'm like, I was like, and I jump up. I'm like, that's how you freaking kill a turkey. Oh, dude, and he was, he was jacked out of his mind. I'm like, so you're telling me in 37 Grand Slams you've never let a turkey be a turkey? I was like, dude, he's locked on that decoy. He was coming. A turkey's either coming or he's not. There's not an in-between. And, oh, dude, dude lost his mind. But we got what we needed because I had to handhold him. Just because somebody knows how to kill turkeys don't know my, mean they know how to film turkeys. Promise you that. Killing turkeys and filming turkeys, two completely different things. If you just want to go out and kill turkeys, they're not that hard to kill. If the, you've got birds, they're not that hard to kill. You want to film them right, it's hard. So that's that's my two cents on that. Make sure you're calling the shots. Stay hid. Use a good net. Don't move. Cover your hands and your face and get it done. That's all there is to it. So, questions, sensei. I'm not the sensei of turkey hunting. Okay, this would you, what would you be in this situation then? A noob. Noob? Yeah. Okay, so what do you have questions-wise? This one's just a general turkey question. Oh, okay. They're not as sensitive to sound. They're more visually oriented, right? They so, can hear very, very well, and they can see extremely well. So do you basically, as far as talking to your hunter, it's about the same as deer or elk hunting? Yeah, I just try and be really quiet. Yeah. You know, there, there's, I just, you know, try and whisper and be quiet, but the movement's the big thing. You can get away with murder on a turkey as long as you're still. Mm-hmm. Um. And if you're under that net, you can go like wave a lot. You know, wearing a face mask, wearing gloves, being head to toe camouflage is super important. Um, you know, a lot of times guys have shotguns that maybe aren't the same shade, or they've got kind of a sheen or a shine to them. You know, that's sometimes that can booger them up or whatever. But um, get cover. You know, if you don't have a net, if you're just a hunter, you know, make sure you're sitting against a tree or have something to you know break up your outline, just because. Man, they can see so well, and they see movement so well. And um, But the cool thing is about turkeys is when you have decoys and they commit to decoys, a lot of times if, if, they're, if they're beating up on a decoy, you can just about stand up and do jumping jacks. They're, they're completely focused on that decoy, and they, they have a one-track mind. But when they're coming in or when they're leery about coming in, 
they're they're picking that place apart, trying to figure out, all right, is this something I want to do or not? Um, but they're but turkeys are like they're really, really, really dumb, but they're extremely instinctual. Um, they're I mean, obviously their their brains are like the size of a you know, they're tiny little brains, but their instincts are so good because they rely on their eyes to stay alive. And uh, that is by far their best trait is their eyes. They can see so freaking well, and they can they can pick they can pick something apart, and they'll just oh man, it's kind of like what Braden said. He's like, there's never going to be a day that goose hitting a butthead. Turkeys are the same way. Very rarely is it just textbook. You yelp, they gobble, they come in, they get shot. Um, it takes the right one. It takes him not having hens. It takes him being in the right mood. And you'll tell some turkeys are super aggressive and have an attitude. Some of them are super docile. Um, usually when they're grouped up and they've got more than one bird, they'll work different than a bird by himself. And I am by no means a turkey expert. I've hunted with turkey experts, and I've learned a lot from them. But um, I know enough to be dangerous in terms of killing them, but I know how to set up for filming them and make them really pretty. So... Um, yeah, that's the, I guess the big takeaway from this is there's a huge difference between killing turkeys and filming turkeys. And, uh, you just got to decide which one you want to do, kill them or film them. So, which, uh, headbust to send us, send us a pretty good turkey kill. Yeah. Headbuster turkey calls guys. Sent us a really good one we watched the other day. The kill shot was really good. Did everything well. I love turkeys coming down the road, too. I love road turkeys. They're fun. So, what do you think? Good? Bad? Ugly? Good. We're 50 minutes in, so we better be good. No more? Okay. Well, I don't think so. I mean, we could talk about that we did an edit live stream. Oh, okay. Which, when you listen to this podcast, <clears throat> that edit live stream will have aired on Friday. But today is Friday uh-huh. for us. It will for be you. Here this is in what, three days? For you, it's Monday, mm-hmm. maybe. Or it could be any day, really. Yeah. Like, I don't know what day you're listening yeah, it's to weird. This. It's weird to know, or, or watching. It could be any day. Like, yeah. this could be, maybe this is the premiere intro to filming turkey hunts that 20 years from now, people <laughs> come back to watch this video. It's got 10 billion views. <laughs> I I hope not. I hope not too. Uh, that means there's way too many turkey hunters. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we have uh, a live stream of an edit of turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. So, well, if you're listening or the, watching the beginning this, of a turkey hunting, I yeah. couldn't give too much away. So, yeah. yeah. If you're watch, if you're listening or watching this, I assume that you're interested in turkey hunting. Yeah. I assume that you're interested in producing turkey hunting, uh, and filming it and editing it. So you should go watch that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that was Caleb editing the first forty seconds of a piece. Yep, I'm sure there's some good turkey footage in there, some good scenery footage, good editing footage, mm-hmm. good knowledge. Um, mm, debatable. And then before before we put that video out, we did a behind the scenes look at how you filmed a spy point mm-hmm. just camera, a, just a sequence breakdown sequence. of how we shoot things in sequence. Yep, and um, so that that's was, up on that's up on YouTube as well and Instagram TV and Instagram TV. Yeah. Really, you should just go watch it on YouTube. Instagram <laughs> TV is just kind of, it's like the, I can't, can I, I can't say that word. Um, 
I want to say the word for an an illegitimate child. Yeah, I know. But yeah, Instagram TV is the illegitimate child of uh online of all of, of all social of media video watching platforms. Yeah, uh, we only put it on there because we want people to watch our stuff, <laughs> and some people watch things on there. If you're one of those people, thank you for watching things on there. Yeah. Quit it. Go to YouTube and do it. Please. Make that die. I want that. I want IGTV to die. Yeah. I want, that's like the only thing that Instagram's ever done that I really want to fail. I'm glad that now it's not uh, vertical video. Yeah. I remember when it first came out, it was vertical oh, yeah. video. And I converted a couple videos to vertical video. Oh, I remember watching people film things in vertical and I'm like, it just made my skin crawl. Well, I, I had a flash forward like five years. I saw that. I went, is this the future of video? Yeah. If so I'm going to be one of those guys who like, you know, like people who still film or take pictures only in film because that's like the purest form. Mm -hmm. If video goes full vertical, I will be that guy, but for horizontal video, I'll yeah. be like, no, I'm not doing it that way. Yeah. You guys have ruined the entire art form. Mm -hmm. I'm staying with 16 by nine. Um, anyways, go watch that. We are going to try to do more of those, mm -hmm. of both of those things, of live editing, of um, behind-the-scenes stuff, maybe some vlogs. I don't know. We'd, we're not committing to anything. Yeah, we're not committing to anything. We may do some more of that stuff. So in light of the possibility of us doing more of those things, you should go subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, go follow us on Instagram at Redneck Tech Podcast. Um, subscribe uh, and, and at Cope Creative. And at Cope Creative, yeah. Because that's where we, we basically – Put stuff on both of those and platforms. We're working on we're working on live editing classes, which would be one on one online classes. Um, we don't have that finalized yet, and we don't know what we're going to charge or anything. But we are looking at doing that over the summer because we're going to have a lot of edits to do. Um, those will be private one on one lessons with Ryer or I, just depending on what we're doing or who you want to watch edit. So, or, you know, who you want to teach you. Um, that is something we're going to offer. If that's something you're interested in, reach out to us. Um, also, we're still booking for the August class, August 7th through 9th. Uh, we've got three or four guys signed up for it already. How and many I think are we're going to, I think, I don't know. It just depends on how many interested. I think five or six is a good number of people. Mm -hmm. um, but if we have more than that, we might have to find a new location because once we get more than that, it's going to be hard to have everybody here in the office. Um, so I don't know. We'll figure that one out. I'm trying to think of any more shameless self promotions that we can do. Is there, uh, did we have anything come out recently that we made? Blue uh, stem's not out yet. Yeah. It's supposed to have been out, but it's not. Um, the rent guns and gear piece is out. Rent guns and gear is out. I don't know if we talked about that on the podcast, but that one's out. So, mm-hmm. I think you can find that on their Instagram. Blue Stem's coming out. There'll be two pieces from Spy Point coming out <clears throat> soon. Um, all the, the all 13 hunt, hunting habits are on Mossy Oak Go and YouTube. We did all those. Um, I think that's it. Smash that like button. <laughs> Subscribe and uh, follow one. us. Follow us on iTunes. If you like it, give us five stars. If you don't, yep. Um, I don't know. Don't do anything because I don't want bad reviews. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Peace.